Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are finishing up the work week on a Friday with five games in the NBA. We both think it's a little bit small. We like those big Friday night slates, but uh, there still are a few games that we like on here. So we've got a couple games for you and our player props video as we bring you each and every weekday. So like and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. That's where you can check out all of our great written content all season and use our odds finder tool on there. That's where we give you guys the best odds available to you from all those sports books, giving you NBA bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this five game slate and then talk about our first game the dubs are hosting the raptors yeah and we also do a video on this first one the bucks are minus seven and a half at pacers total of 237 there of course halliburton is still out for indy um then we got memphis minus three at minnesota always a rivalry game when those two meet that is also a 237 total Cavs made quick work of the rockets here on thursday night and they're in a pick em at the thunder uh, should be a good one to watch. Tough to predict, I think. Magic plus seven at the Heat with the 218 total. And then, yeah, Raptors open plus six. It's now plus five um, as people are jumping on that a little bit. And the total's standing pretty steady at 229 and a half, which definitely seems too low regardless of the opponent when you come to uh, the – Chase Serena here and face the Warriors uh, the way they've been able to put up points and the way they've been pretty inconsistent defensively um, down the stretch. I mean, you call this team an enigma. I won't argue with you there, but I, I think I know a little bit more about what the Raptors are. And I, I know they just, they got OG Ananobi back from a brief absence and put the clamps on Sacramento, which is a great offense, but I, it's a completely different challenge. This is like, the number one half court offense in the league against the the worst half court offense in the league in Toronto, uh, but the Warriors are playing freewheeling, undisciplined basketball in transition, and, and I think the the Raptors will have no problem getting out in the open court um, and getting points that way. They're actually a better defensive team on the road is Toronto, but they're twenty eighth in transition D and, and fast break efficiency. Uh, top bottom 10 and giving up free throw attempts. Uh, Golden State is bottom five in that department at home and really struggling to guard the three point line lately, allowing 43% in their last three. So I think even with OG back, I mean, he's, he's known as like the best ISO defender, right? So that's almost a moot point when you play the Warriors. It's like, well, they're not going to ISO on anybody. It's, it's going to be again, great ball movement. Um, I, I mean, I do look for Toronto. I said like that freewheeling style getting out on the floor. Warriors continue to turn the ball over at a high clip, right? So that's points off turnovers is is what Toronto needs to make their hay. Also second chance points, which is, uh, you know, all these categories you put in here, fast break points, Golden State's bottom 10 in January. And that's why they haven't really been able to cover uh, as home favorites. So that's why they've surprisingly not been able to pull away from teams, even with Steph Curry back when they were looking good without him. Uh, I, I kind of expect that to stop though. I, I expect the Warriors to, to pull away in this game for sure. Uh, I just don't think Toronto has the firepower to keep pace. I've talked about how they limit stars, guys with high usage like Siakam don't necessarily expect him to have a great game against Draymond and company. And there's just a little superior depth and much, much superior shooting from the Warriors who 
shoot at a, at a higher clip at home. You know, the, the, the big knock on Toronto is that they don't have that perimeter spacing and uh, that, you know, they, they need to look for something at the trade deadline to shore up that roster and get something or, or to start rebuilding. Um, and, and right now on the road, I mean, they, they've been just hemorrhaging points lately. Five of their last seven have gone over, but even at a slow pace, 93 pace, and the Warriors have been playing at a 103 pace in their last uh, 10 at home here. So I definitely think this this is a good spot for the over. If you can get it around 230, it might get bet up a little bit, but I don't think Toronto's shutting them down the way they held Sacramento in check. Yeah, it's not it's not the same for sure. Um, it, it's a, it's a bit of a different style uh, to a degree. Although, I mean, to also to a degree, I mean, a good passing big man uh, was something that the the Dubs have had in the past, and you can still give some, come on Looney some love there. But um, at any rate, I, I like Toronto um, to cover about six six and a half five and a half five. I, that's why I think it's getting bet down early. Um, I bet it at six and a half right when I saw it, uh, at, and and really at this point. Um, I hope this video comes out and you see that it's still about five or more because then I still really like Toronto. Um, and the reason I like it more than than a total is just really which Dubs team is going to show up. If, if it is the team that's been struggling to, to cover at home and really even to win at home in their last five, um, you know, then then I, I don't know, 114 points a game with 114 offensive rating because they're always going to play at that blistering pace. Um, but, you know, I, shoot, I don't know. Like, I guess at the end of the day, to be honest with the total, like I prefer the over just because that's I mean, don't really look at the over the, the over totals for the dubs in their last five home games. Like I'm not as concerned with them because of the fact that it's been like 245, 236, 232. So like it's, it's they're all pretty high anyway. Um, and, and this one, I'm not really even worried about the pace as much just because of the fact that um, the, Toronto's been playing at a super duper slow pace and still kind of going over, under. But I'm just really impressed with them. And I think my narrative for this game, Nate, and the reason I'm talking about Toronto like this is because as away dogs, what they've been doing, five and one in, in their last six at, against the spread and four and two straight up. Um, and they're just playing teams tough that that when it's sort of their back against the wall and, and OG's playing for them helps a lot. But um, it's really mostly about, you know, what, what like the fact that they're at this point in the season where I don't think they want to blow it up. They don't want to get rid of guys like OG and Anobi um, or even Gary Trent Jr. They want to keep it together. And and I think against teams that they're, you know, are quality teams, they've sort of been bringing it. So their defensive ratings down to 114 in those last six, 110 points allowed. Um, their offensive ratings up to 120, scoring 115 points. Um, all those numbers are a little bit low because they're playing at that 93 pace, but still four and two to the over because they're getting some kind of low totals, to be honest, is also why. Um, I, I think at times they, they've had a little bit of a lower total that they get to go over. But, um, you know, they've been averaging 13 made threes on 38% on the season. Uh, 10 threes a game on 33%. So that's what you're talking about with those struggles. But, you know, when you have OG in there, at least you have one more guy who's at least a threat to shoot it from the corner. Uh, and Gary Trent's been super hot. And Fred Van Fleet's finally shooting a little bit better uh, from the horrible start that he had to the season. Um, they are, you know, allowing a few less fast break points, but they still add, allow a ton, which is what I think we both like when we talk about an over in this one. It's just not even necessarily the pace. It's just transition because Toronto knows that, like you said, they basically have the worst half-court offense uh, in today's NBA where you need to be 
be able to have, you know, at least three, if not four sh- guys who can make a three on the floor at once. Uh, and they yeah, they rarely have more than three, if not two, for, for the most part, that you actually feel is a threat to score. Um, so I think the fast break points is something you can continue to expect. They've been doing such a much better job at rebounding as well. Seventh in rebound percentage in this in this stretch on the road, uh, as opposed to 16th on the season. So actually getting some some boards there, um, Christian Coloco and Christian and, and, and Chris Boucher, but also obviously Siakam being in there. So, I mean, on the on the season, they've had sort of had this FU mentality as nine and five as away dogs against the spread um, and basically an even, you know, uh, playing their their uh, opponents at an even pace there, minus point nine uh, margin of victory that they're you know failing to, to, to win by. So it's basically a, a pick them at that point uh, for them when they're the away dogs. And, yeah, you, you mentioned the stuff that I, that I, I was going to bring up, too, in terms of, um, you know, just all the things that they do well, or at least the, the key things that you always see Toronto with Nick, Nick Nurse's Toronto, I should say, and Pascal Siakam's Toronto. All those, you know, when you, those two guys basically together uh, are the reason this team is always going to get points off turnover, second chance points, and fast break points. They're going to crash the glass. They're going to get out in transition, and they're going to get, you know, they're going to hawk, basically hawk the ball to be able to get those turnovers. Because once again, they have a putrid, uh, you know, half court offense that someone like Kawhi Leonard was huge for because he could bail them out without having to necessarily move the ball too much. So, um, you know, with and without OG, the defensive ratings are better. They're, they play a bit faster pace, though, as well, because of the fact that they get those points off turnovers. So I think that that's another re- that's really what it comes down to for me is the points off turnovers to get to that over. But more importantly, for them to keep it within six points. And last thing I would just mention is they've been done a, a much better job at defending the three as well. Um, you know, as we know, Golden State needs to hit those threes when OG's on there by the on the floor they allow three less threes made a game um and last time he wasn't out there when they played or, uh, earlier this season the dubs went for 18 uh triples in that one without either Gary Trent or uh OG and Anomi both both guys who will be in this game and, and defend the three really well but they also produce on offense and uh, I mean Andrew Wiggins is questionable that's going to be a huge pivoting point in terms of if he's out you got to like points more because he is absolutely vital for the Warriors for defending this rangy Raptors team. Uh, I mean, you you throw out all these things that I don't expect the Raptors to just fold. I don't think that they're a team that of that type, and and they do have good numbers as a as a road dog and et cetera. But it's really just the Warriors against themselves in some sense that the, with all these mistakes, all, all these turnovers, second chance points, and when they're locked in, we've seen them play really well. I mean, we've also seen them just lose against some of the worst teams in the league at home uh, with or without Steph. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes they just an avalanche mistakes, but this is their only game until Monday, last game of three at home. They get two days off after this. Uh, I I just think we'll see a pretty sharp Warriors team. And that to me means offense. It it does mean a much better chance of an over because they're still playing that small ball lineup, uh, of different varieties and, and trying to ramp up the pace and, and, and they they're more comfortable in a high scoring game. They don't want to get into a one Oh six, one Oh five game with Toronto, which is the only time, you know, four meetings ago that these teams were even close at the end. It's, it's not usually like a knockdown drag out. It's usually like one team gets an advantage and presses it. And the last three meetings between these have been decided by about 15. So that's why yeah. I feel okay about warriors minus five or six. 
That's fair. Uh, I'm just using some more recent history to say I think Toronto's going to hit a few more threes, hang around a bit more. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, in, in my head, the way I picture that, then, you know, it was closer to like 120, 116 in that range. Um, still gets you over, but I still think even at an over pace that this team can stay close and hang uh, with the Dubs in this one a, a little bit better than they did last time. So I think we're both in agreement here on the Bucks to probably win by double digits against. The Halliburton-less Pacers, who are 1-7 straight up, 2-6 against the spread now, eight games without Halliburton. They're 25th in scoring, 26th in three-point shooting, 26th in net rating. Um, I mean, they've been a bad defensive team all year. That's not necessarily going to change with or without him. But, I mean, what they are doing is scoring the highest percentage of their points off free throws. Not a good recipe against Milwaukee. Uh, Number one limiting free throws are... In the last eight or so, number three on the season. Um, they're also scoring their second, the second highest percentage of points off the fast break. Uh, again, not really good against a, a, tra- a good transition team and, and getting the highest offensive rebound percentage. Milwaukee's a great rebounding team. And there, so there's a reason Milwaukee's won nine straight in this matchup and covered in seven of those. The ones they didn't cover, they still won by nine, uh, including just failing to cover by point five uh the last time out thanks to buddy healed going nuts from three uh the bucks still had had no real issue because Giannis, if you remember had that historic line 50 points on 17 for 21 field goal shooting uh he does whatever he wants against this team at 36 points per game 71 percent field goal shooting his last four against the pacers three of those in indy uh and I know there's some issues with the Bucks on the road for sure. They are now dead last in offensive efficiency on the road versus sixth at home, but they're second in defense on the road. It's why it's basically flipped 16 to eight to the under versus 16 to eight to the over at home. Um, 237 is a really high total. The Pacers can get there because they're so bad defensively, but I, I kind of lean under here along with the Bucks. Um, just because uh, I don't, I mean, you look at some of the stuff for down the stretch numbers, like Pacers are good in the, in the fourth quarter, but that was with Halliburton in the last uh, five year. Uh, they're down to 19th in offensive rating and one of the best defensive ratings though, 104.7 in the, in the fourth quarter in the last five under and four of their last five home games. Bucks went under in six straight road games before they had that ridiculous uh, 280 total against the Pistons game paid at a 111 pace but in general the Bucks are down more around a 98 pace um, and you said yeah rounding into form we think uh, I mean they've already won four of the last five they played Denver's backups and 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 took care of business in that last one unfortunately we didn't get to see the full team but I mean with Drew and Giannis healthy with Middleton at least playing a role off the bench and Ingles in there to to interchange. I mean, the Bucks have closer to their full team, and this is the time of year where we've seen in the past them kind of hit the gas. Um, a, and it's a division opponent they've just dominated in the division for the last three seasons, of averaging a margin of victory of ten points and thirty three and ten straight up in division games. Yeah, you said it, man. I don't know. You 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 said all the all the best stuff there. <laughs> I, I like and and my favorite thing to talk about here is Giannis just 
just owning them. And then he has those teams. And um, I think, you know, what's interesting is, is there's a kind of a correlation. I think the, in terms of not having really strong defensive guards, uh, which is interesting because you'd think having like big centers is really important. And it is. And miles Turner is a shot blocker, but it's really dependent on someone else guarding Giannis well enough that then miles Turner can come over and block that shot. Um, you know, because that person's sort of already bothering Giannis and who's going to, do that in this game uh that would have the size uh and and versatility to stay in front of him it's it's sort of the same core like you said they haven't gotten better at defense since Halliburton went down um I mean if anything they they've just sort of you know been so bad on offense at times that there isn't necessarily as much of a run and gun um need from the other team that you know as they've been playing um these other games And, and there's plenty of unders in there at this point it's it's partly because they fail to come along or really, you know, even if, if it's a little bit closer um, in the, some of these games that they played tough, even when they beat the bulls, they played them tough. Who knows what's going on with them? They just lost to Charlotte tonight. Uh, and then the sun's uh, another game that they play close without Halliburton. But you know, these other games are still sort of the same style of Indiana um, basketball and they're still doing everything the same way. Like obviously their rebounding hasn't really been affected uh, by Halliburton. Even their assist percentage has only like slightly gone down since he's got, he's been out because that's really the, the only way that they play well but part of the reason that they've you know you you like some of the unders for them uh, you know you, a potential under is because of the way that they play at the end of the game their offensive rating is also really bad at the end of the game and, and obviously you see if you've been watching them at all it's 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 a matter of um not having anybody there's no the identity is still the same pass the ball and move it but you without Halliburton in there to just have the, the reins you see guys like Benny Matz um his shooting percentage going down taking bad shots as well um but he healed slightly unaffected because he's someone who will pop you know pop it and pull it from anywhere uh, but even he has obviously been seeing uh you know a, a lot more defended threes than he would normally get if Halliburton was in there drawing the defense in so um yeah I, i've been picking on the pacers basically since halliburton went down because i i don't think that there's a spread you often big enough against a lot of these teams that would make, make me scared of it seven and a half is still confounding me because i, I just figured that people would want all of this uh for, for the the bucks and that people would start to ride them the reason i said starting to round into form is because you know, getting everybody on the court at the same time is pretty important. Giannis has been back for two games, but they played the Pistons and uh, the Nuggets, like C squad, like they didn't have anybody starting in that game, much less Joker, right? So um, that that was pretty unimpressive the way that they that they uh, sort of handled them in that one. And I still want to see a bit more from them, but this is definitely a continuation of of what we saw against the Pistons in terms of like a get right game team in conference and division that they're just going to dominate because this is what they do, especially at not home or on the road. Um, there's just no talent on the floor for Indiana in this one. Yeah. I mean, that's the question. If it's like that Pistons game and you're talking about over uh, for sure, if they're going to yeah. dominate to that extent, but I mean, I think the total is so high because they hit uh two fifty one. Uh, in the last meeting here, this is one of those eight games that that the Pacers have struggled in. Uh, Drew Holiday went off. Bucks had twenty three threes, shot fifty percent from deep, and had thirty two assists. And that's at home, though. Like we talked again right. about the home road splits, and I mean, while those that's encouraging for them to to continue to be able to attack this defense, uh, I don't think you, that's something you bank on in terms of them scoring one thirty again. Uh, which is why yeah, maybe this total is a little high, but we don't need to complicate it too much. Uh, I mean, I think you can take the bucks at this spread, but maybe, yeah, you, if you, if you are liking what we're saying about the under, then maybe you want to tease the bucks down. Cause this could be at 10 points by, by tomorrow afternoon and you need to tease it down and get the total up at two forty one or so. 
uh, and feel a little bit better about those two. Yeah, that's fair. Or, I mean, as my preferred bet would usually be there, the money line parlayed with that total uh, if you feel that good about it. But I think I'm hitting the bucks up to about 10, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, right at about double, double digits is where I might start to feel like that value wanes. But I think that, that <clears throat> the way that they are coming, and I think they need this game, and it's division game once again, that they seem to show up for. So Giannis uh, to the rescue for everybody who might want to take them at about eight to nine points, if, if that's how high it is when you are seeing this. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better nate let's go ahead and jump into your first prop for tonight it's the rookie of the year front runner by a mile uh welcome to miami though for your first meeting with the heat and they are on a heater especially on the defensive end though uh 108 defensive rating for miami in their last 10 including 104 at home that is best in the league and they're playing at a snail's pace uh, per usual and giving up just uh you know 106 points per game in that span so for paulo bancaro 19 and a half points scares me a little bit i mean he's usually right around that i think if you if you make it 27 and a half points rebounds assists i don't think he's going to be getting many assists I, I i would look for the turnovers prop which i didn't see up yet but I just think Miami's going to give him a lot of problems. I mean, he's not he's not rebounding as much because he's playing a lot of a lot of the three in his last eight, five rebounds, three assists, uh, eighteen points per game. He's a minus twenty six. There's just not much efficiency. He's at a one hundred six offensive rating since mid December, um, in and his usage rates down from about twenty nine percent on the season to twenty four and a half percent. Because of that lack of, of efficiency, uh, Orlando's been playing low-scoring games. Miami can could completely shut them down. I think there's a lot of guys to look at for the under here, but I think Paolo has some of the, mo- the more uh, lofty props uh, because of his, his ability, uh, but I just think this is a really tough matchup for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, it took you a while to say Paolo. I think everyone, you, you assume everyone knows who you mean by rookie of the year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he should. If you do, know, if you're watching this video, hopefully you know Paolo's rookie of the year this year. Um, I hate taking an under on him. He is my guy. But I was looking at unders for somebody in this game for Orlando. Uh, as you said, welcome to Miami and that defense and snail's pace that they've been playing at. So that he's got the highest one uh, stuff going on out, out there for, for this team. And so I, I think it's fair. The 19 and a half points kind of scares me. I think he, he's been a 20 getter pretty consistently, but he's got he's got a couple of those uh, in recent matchups, too, since he came back from injury. So I think uh, this will be a good uh, welcome to uh, this this type of team uh, defense that they're going to see from the heat. Uh, next one up for us, Nate is Ant-Man Ant Edwards continues to play super well, to be honest with you, without cat in there. Uh, and a lot of times without Rudy three and a half threes over that for him gets you plus plus one forty on DK, uh, liked those juicy odds there. And then the 27 and a half points for him, um, is about what he's been getting 
in his last 10, about 27.8, you know, points per game, five boards and about 4.8 assists. His usage is what you love at 33%. Probably a big reason uh, that the, everything's open for him without Cat. Definitely wasn't open with Cat and Rudy in there, um, which has been super helpful for him in those last 10. Three and a half made threes in that time um, at 39.5%. And in his last three, he's been making about eight. He's made 18 on 36 attempts, good for 50% from deep. Um, 23 plus points at least in his last, uh, in eight of his last nine games versus Memphis, which I, I think we're both to pick Memphis tonight because we do think that one can be close the way Memphis has been playing on the road and giving up a lot of points. Um, you know, averaging about three and a half again, threes made at 53.7% against that Memphis team um, and twenty about 26 points per game there. So uh, his home road stuff, which is really good for him, uh, at 30% usage versus 28 when he's on the road, five assists per game uh, versus the 3.9 on the road as well. And then uh, 33% from three versus 40%. Um, but about, you know, the same amount of makes because he's pulling so many threes uh, at home as well. In uh, his last five at home specifically, 30 points a game. That's why you got that prop all the way up at 27 and a half um, at about four made threes on 40%. So, uh, I mean, dude's balling out for sure. And, and Memphis, I think, is coming off, uh, you know, a, a pretty big uh, loss there to the dubs at that. They really tried to bring it down the stretch, took a, had to have taken a lot out of them. Um, so I think we're going to be able to see Ant-Man get his uh, against that tired Memphis team. Yeah, Memphis has been awful guarding the three-point line this whole road trip. Uh, to see Ant at plus 140 to hit four threes is is definitely eyebrow-raising. That's I would expect that to have been more like minus 130, uh, the way he's been pulling lately, and especially when he comes in hitting 18 threes in his last three at 50%. This is a team he loves to face uh, and loves to, to shoot a lot, and his, the usage is just incredibly high because there's still no yeah. cat. For the Wolves. Um, yeah. So I guess we're going to close out with with a bunch of picks from this Raptors-Warriors game because we do like <laughs> points. Uh, we can agree on that. 229.5 is a little bit of a low total. OG Ananobi should be playing here. Um, and I'm kind of shocked at how low his peripheral stats are. I mean, he isn't putting up a ton of numbers uh, out there, but six and a half rebounds assists. That's like P.J. Tucker territory or something. Like... I mean, he's a little bit more of a versatile playmaker than like stand in the corner PJ. Uh, I mean, he, per 36 this year, he averages five and a half rebounds, two assists, also two steals. Um, and I'm, I'm waiting to see what the steals prop might be here against the Warriors, who are, again, eighth highest turnover rate in the last two weeks here. Also giving up the 10th most boards because they're playing at the nine, at the third fastest pace in the last 10 at home here. So... I mean, OG's going to have to be playing a lot to to be a, a defensive option here. Uh, you talked about the importance of him and Gary Trent in this matchup. And he's played at least 32 minutes per game in his last four against the Warriors. And again, the peripherals just haven't been there. But I think the, that that will come around. I, I don't think Toronto's been as much of a, a freewheeling offense uh, in years past as we've seen here. So I think he, he'll get probably around five rebounds and a couple assists here to get you over this. Yeah, to be honest, I feel a little bit better about the two that I have for this game. Um, speaking of assists and rebounds, Day Day, Draymond Green, uh, 15 and a half for him. It's minus 105 on DraftKings. I feel like those odds are just really, really good for him to get 16. Um, in his last four versus Toronto, 13 boards, nine assists in 36 minutes per game. Um, and then his last six at home, 
10 boards, seven assists per game in about 34 minutes there. Um, and Toronto is allowing the fifth most rebounds per game and third most assists to power forwards this season. Like it, it's always been a good matchup for him. You know, he's got to be on the floor to, to match up with Pascal, who's also averaging like 36 and a half minutes a game um, in, you know, this season in general. So um, I, he's got to be out there. Clay is one you pointed out to me as well. And I'm also just going to snag and tell people because 21 and a half points for a man who's been averaging 29, his last 11 games at home with a 30% usage. Steph's been in a ton of those games. Like he's missed, like I think four of those home games that I just referenced. So like, we we talk about Clay the other night as well in terms of against Memphis. Like you can take both of them. Clay's numbers have not diminished since Steph came came back. Nobody can diminish Clay's numbers because his usage and his shooting will always be that high uh, if he's on the floor. And they want him to do that. Five made threes on twelve attempts in his last eleven at home. Um, so the three and a half made threes at on DK is at minus one thirty five. Maybe you want to take an alternate there and get it to uh, some pretty nice plus odds around plus 110 or so um, for him to make the five on that one that that starts to get a little bit scary because he's not Steph Curry and almost anybody not named Steph Curry is scary to take an over four and a half uh, made threes kind of prop um, but you know for, for Clay like it's it's obvious that they, they they feel like he's almost a guarantee to make four and they really you know don't want you to take that bet the, the points at plus money for him to get 22 is like I don't know y'all, y'all are tripping in my opinion I know OG's back but uh, it's still Clay Thompson who can shoot from all over yeah, and the, the Raptors are giving up 43% from deep in their last three here. Uh, I, I think Fred Van Fleet, if he's healthy enough, will be chasing Curry a lot, forcing him to give it up. And, and yeah, Clay's been – it's really just a matter of confidence, I think, with Clay, and, and he seems to have gotten that while Steph was out, and now he, he's continued to be kind of the Clay of old, um, shooting at home and, and really thriving off that crowd. So I do like – the Clay Thompson and the Draymond picks. Uh, if you want to go that route instead of the the uh, weird OG pick, all uh, more power to you. Cool. Yeah, we're in agreement there. And that is all the time we have for you guys. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the other couple videos we have for you on this Friday. And until we see you next, happy betting. Don't